Poker Poker. Fincher and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo are completely unexpected. How did you know or what told you that David Fincher would be uh, you know, nominated by the GGA when nobody in the world believed that? Why did you, what was the um, piece of information or intuition that you were working with that told you that was something to trust in or believe in? Well, I didn't really think he was going to get nominated. I, I said a last-minute tweet. I said, you know, fringe dwellers maybe to get nominated would be um, uh, Terrence Malick and Bennett Miller and David Fincher, you uh-huh. know, just as an outside chance. Because the reason was, I, you know, honestly, I have to be honest with you and say that I did not think he was going to get nominated. I really didn't. It was so unexpected. I couldn't believe it when I saw it on the, the... I mean, of course, I love the movie, and I've been championing it hard, but, I mean, I did not think in a million years the way it was going. Although, if you look at the pattern, what you saw was Warhorse getting shut out and Dragon Tattoo picking up everywhere. Like, it, it showed up on the Art Directors Guild, the Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, um, AFI list. So it was crawling its way up. Mm-hmm. But I think people were just kind of thinking, oh, you know, that's one thing. But the DGA is a whole different thing. And nobody thought, I mean, and, and a few people like Chris Tapley and myself had sort of picked up on the idea that maybe Tate Taylor would get in mm-hmm. because of history and the way stats go down. It's like if you get a SAG Ensemble and a Producers Guild plus Best Picture nomination, that that almost always means, except in one case. Um, but you were saying last week that a narrative or a personality element with Tate Taylor, he just... Yeah pops that well so you were saying that it didn't seem like he was uh yeah i thought at the the last minute what i did the only thing i can say that i did do was i did call steven spielberg not getting a nomination i predicted tate taylor to take his place i didn't think in a million years it would be david fincher and i'm just i mean i got four right out of the five and but i thought it would be um tate taylor or bennett miller i did not think david fincher i really didn't i I was hoping do you have a theory about why it happened? Yeah, I have a couple of theories. What, they, what were they thinking? Why did they well, do that? because first of all, I think Dragon Tattoo is a rockin' good movie. I think it stands out this year because all the other movies are so syrupy and sentimental, and it's hardcore and it's adult and it's got sex and action and. Moneyball's not syrupy. What? Moneyball. Money it, it's not syrupy, but it sure is sentimental. As it, it, it 
comes up to the end with the daughter singing a sweet song and the dad crying. That's sentimental. Dragon okay. Tattoo is all the way on the other side of that spectrum. And it's, um, I had been saying all along that I thought that voters were going to want some variety. They're not going to just want all these kind of same sort of movies. They're going to want something different. That's why I thought. But the other reason is, of course, the residual from last year. I think the shame factor. That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote that they were felt awful about what they did, and they wanted to let uh, Fincher know that they were sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's partly that, and it's partly that they <laughs> that they want to be the kind of institution that embraces edgier work instead of the King's Speech. You know, I mean, I I do think that a lot of times in the Oscar race, somebody will have residual goodwill from the year before and they'll automatically be considered for a nomination. It's just that people didn't, Sony and Fincher himself were, were doing everything they could to position this as not an Oscar movie. Mm -hmm. They did everything. They withheld the screenings past the deadline to vote. They, um, they don't even put out for your consideration ads. They were like all about, you know, Rudin was all about extremely loud and Moneyball and not about Dragon Tattoo. And I know David Fincher didn't want to do the Oscar thing again at all. You know, they haven't been the only one of them that's been campaigning is Trent Reznor. You know, he's been kind of doing a lot of interviews and stuff like that. And, and Fincher's been doing interviews, but he hasn't been doing Oscar interviews. Of course, we, I don't think that uh, you even you believe that there's any real likelihood that he's going to be direct, best director Oscar nominated. Or do you believe that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm no, no, I'm, I'm playing it as it goes. A lot of people are jumping on it saying, no way is he going to get now? Well, I can tell you this, if it's not going to be him, I really don't think it's Steven Spielberg. You're not talking about a situation where Spielberg just missed. You're talking about the King of Hollywood been nominated by the DGA nine times for Amistad and <laughs> that's funny. Amistad empire yeah. of the sun and his misses he's been nominated for. Right. To not to miss for War Horse is a huge, huge deal for Steven yeah. Spielberg. Huge. He sh this should have been a cakewalk for him if the movie was as certain bloggers and writers have positioned it. It would have. It, but for me, the real indicator for War Horse was that it didn't pick up an art director's guild. And Dragon Tattoo and Anonymous did. So yeah. that shows you right there that um, that it's got problems with the guilds. That it's not hitting. And, and one of the reasons is that women voters don't like Warhorse very much, you know. And there are, I mean, even though it's dominated by men, there's still a lot of women voters. And if Women don't like Warhorse that much because they feel it's what? I think, well, when I'm reading a review, a negative review of Warhorse, I almost always know it's going to be a female. Almost always. And I'm almost always right. Because the men are more seduced by their tears than women women are used to crying this is a generalization i know and people jump on me all the time and some women aren't i know and some men aren't i know but for the most part women are used to crying at movies what you mean is they're more in touch with their uh, emotions on an honest forthright way whereas men right. tend to cry for sentimental reasons that are kind of buried or suppressed i don't know i just know that that warhorse made them cry and i think to them it's like you know a big deal that something made them cry that hard yeah yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't think I even got close to the slightest sniffle myself. That's, um, mm. but I, uh, I, I really, um, was, uh, kind of surprised when so many people that I genuinely, um, 
you know, I know that they're smart together, very shrewd, smart people, people I'm honored to, to be friends with. To, to say that they thought it was uh, it was melting them down, I, I, ne I never understood that. Uh, by the way, Feinberg, uh, in his piece, also noted it wasn't just the, um, the art direction. It was also um, Writers Guild uh, and SAG, of course, no ensemble for right. Fort Worth. Writer, Writers Guild was a big deal, but, you know, Munich missed a Writers Guild and still got a um, DGA and uh, then Oscar. So that wasn't a, I mean, I felt up until the second that before they were nominated that he was going to get in. I was surprised that I, that though I had predicted him not to, that I, that in the end he wasn't, I fully expected to see his name on the list and I fully expected to eat crow with people like Chris Tapley. <laughs> you know, I thought for sure I was going to be eating crow today, you know, but, um, <laughs> well, I, I, I said to Chris on a, in a comment that I thought that he should just own up to having said that. I think this is going to go all the way. I said, I feel a big one here with, Warhorse, and uh, he wasn't talking as a genuine, passionate fan himself. He just said, "Listen, this has all that Oscar bait uh, emotionality that people respond yeah. to, so it's going to go all the way." I said, "Chris, you got to you got to cop to this, you know." And he said, uh, "Well, is... yeah, I did, but you know, uh, what was I thinking, right?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I was lured into it for a moment there too, thinking when I saw the box office and I talked to Phil and I uh, mm -hmm. heard the way people were crying and I saw A.O. Scott's review, like for five minutes, I thought there was a chance. But when mm -hmm. you know a movie's that problematic, I'm not going to say bad because it has its moments. Mm -hmm. It's just problematic, really problematic, like more than movies that we both know over the years that have been problematic, but Warhorse has significant problems. And the thing that surprised me most, mm -hmm. the disappointing review by the New York times to not even address that at all mm -hmm. was so bizarre and yeah. surreal. I thought, and for him to trash dragon tattoo, I feel like if dragon tattoo doesn't go anywhere further than DGA, Mm -hmm. I, I feel vindicated and I feel happy about it because I think it's a great movie and fuck the critics and fuck the bloggers. <laughs> you know, I got one moment to say, fuck you. And uh -huh. here it is, you know, and that made me so fucking happy to see that. I know people are probably like, ew, gross, shut up. You know, a, a girl unfollowed me because of it. But really, I mean, when you think about it in our circle, I'm pretty much give or take one or two people, the only one who's really been championing the movie and excited for it you know everybody else has been like oh no it's a box office failure it's not a very good movie it's okay it's functional it's not great right but you don't That's get it the way i feel about it i really thought it was fine i didn't have any beats with it he did a good job of in my mind remaking the uh the 2009 version yeah and, uh he did a better job and, and he got a better performance out of the lead actress than the than new rapace gave yeah I mean, I don't, that's not any fault there. I just, it just is what it is. I didn't think it was over the moon. And great. But see, know? I'm a, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a major Fincher fan and I've been revisiting a lot of his past work and he is at the top of his game right now. Mm -hmm. His social network and then now Dragon Tattoo, he's moving in the most exciting direction to see a director go. He's own, he's absolutely in command of, of the frame and of the story. And I love it when a director hits their stride like that, as some of them sometimes do. And he's been working hard enough and been taking big enough risks that it's really great to see an obsessive like him actually honing his craft to this degree. And, uh, 
Dragon tattoo. Yeah, you see it a second time. And I'm hoping I can see it a third time if I ever get my hands on the screener. Um, it's just so insanely well put together and intricate, just like Social Network. It doesn't have Aaron Sorkin's writing, but it has Rooney Mara's performance and the two of them together. And then fucking Trent Reznor and Atticus, Atticus Ross's score right. pulsating through it. And to have this character kind of, you know, um, you know, really just shatter the glass of the female characters in films this year, or maybe even the last 10 years. I mean, it's, it's really spectacular to witness that, especially being a woman who, you know, loves movies. I, we just so underserved. And for, you know, Rooney Mara and, and Dragon Tattoo to be so well-liked, as it is. It's doing really well at the box office. Word of mouth is, is, is spreading. Mm-hmm. And it's done really well with the guilds. I mean, it's a winner, man. It's not a Best Picture winner, of course. It's not a. It might not even be a Best Picture nominee. It's still on the outside, but mm-hmm. it's certainly been vindicated today. Yeah, I think. it came out well for everybody. It so, came so. out very well. Yeah. Now let me just let's just be clear between the two of us. We are not saying either. You are not saying, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying that I feel the War Horse is at absolutely a dead duck in terms of. Um, or as I said in that column today, a dead animal uh, as far as uh, being nominated for Best Picture. It's conceivable. You know, it could happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. And it's even conceivable that Spielberg might be even nominated for Best It's con- It's not likely, but it's possible. Yeah, you I just don't think it's going to win. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Never. It has no. zero. Do you know how hard it is to win Best Picture without a Director's Guild nomination? All but I think impossible. it's all but impossible. It might even be impossible. I can't even think of a time when it happened. Because right. I think even Bruce Beresford, when Driving Miss Daisy won, I think even he had a DGA nomination. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I mean, Warhorse obviously can still pick up a nomination. I doubt it's going to get a director nomination, but it might get a picture nomination. It might. Mm-hmm. But you have to figure it's competing now against Hugo, which is another movie about a kid mm-hmm. and another sort of fantasy. And next to Hugo, you know, Warhorse seems much cheaper and and schmaltzier you know because hugo is all those things in some ways but it's also you know they're hard on the protagonist they don't give him an easy time you know Mm -hmm. it's more intellectual it's more thoughtful um warhorse is sort of really really dumbed down you know and i i think people are kind of not so willing to reward that kind of filmmaking from Spielberg who at this age and his stage in his career could be trying something a look at fucking Scorsese in his seventies, trying something new. Sure. I mean, you know, I think the, the DGA and then, then the Oscars tend to reward when a director is, you know, either, you know, such a veteran like a Robert Altman or a Francis for Coppola that they, they can't ignore them, but also they, they tend to like them when like with Munich, at least Spielberg was sort of trying something new. Uh, War Horse is nothing particularly hard for him. Any hack could have directed that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm I agree. sorry to say. Now let's switch over because we're going to be lean and tough with ourselves. So we don't have to do this for too long tonight because I do have errands to attend to. I know. I'm so sorry. My apologies. There, there was the Kim Novak thing. I, I, I have my my feelings about it is that I understand that she doesn't understand at her age. She's in her 70s, I believe. Uh, people older who are older do not tend to understand the concept of sampling, which I believe we've all kind of absorbed as something that is 
not uh, heinous. It, it happens in music, and, it, and I guess it can happen in other realms. So if uh, um, Michel uh, Hasnavicius wants to sample Bernard Herrmann, which is to say just basically use him and apply it in a different context, it's understood as perhaps not the most original or dynamic thing. However, it's not uh, uh, plagiarism. It's not, uh, it's not a, a case of rape, as she called it. I don't think she understands the sensibility of today. You can reuse things and reapply them. Uh, I think too many people have understood that that is a um, acceptable, maybe not an admirable, but at least it's it's common enough that people understand it. What do yeah. you think? How old is she again, Kim Novak? Well, she was uh, in her prime in uh, she was like in her early twenties and nineteen fifty two, fifty three, fifty four. So um, she's uh, probably in her early. What was that? Is that 70 years ago? Uh, she's in her early 80s, I guess, or around 80, something like that. Okay, close, so. close to 80. I don't have the uh, Wikipedia bio info, but she's older, you know, and, and older people don't, I don't think they, you know, like Hillary Clinton was trying to nail Obama in 08 for using a phrase that another guy had used in a speech. And I said, it's, it's sampling. He's taking a phrase that works the way uh, a rap artist will, will take yeah. something and he'll redo it. And, and, you know, max it up and make it something else into it. It's not that right, strange. Right. I don't know. The whole thing smacks of Weinstein um, campaign trickery to me because what he does, not he, but that group is they, or that company, that publicity firm or whatever, they, they, um, they generate these controversies, these fake controversies. And what they do is they, they get people talking and they get people siding with a movie. And, you know, it happened with the King's Speech. It's sort of like if it's too bland, right. this spices it up. This this controversy, quote unquote, reminds me of that. Either they, you know, if they're not the ones behind it, mm-hmm. then I'm sure they're not that that displeased with it being out there. Because so the people working on behalf of the king of the of uh, I almost said the king's speech on the on behalf of the artists persuaded conceivably uh, Kim Novak to complain. So that I don't know I, who did it then. I mean, I just, I find it, it's like, she, I remember last she year. She all on her own, watched the DVD, and went, what the fuck is this? She's right, up, and who uh, reported the news? It came... Deadline. Um, deadline, yeah. And Deadline is like a mouthpiece for Harvey Weinstein, first of all. Second of all, remember last year with the King's speech, that, that whole Scott Feinberg thing? That was totally generated from the Weinstein camp. And all it did was it made people defensive of the King's speech and want to vote for it more. And that's exactly what's going to happen with the artist. It makes people defensive. That wasn't plagiarism. It's a a perfectly fine movie. The article, the original article about not the King George being anti-Semitic, but his being indifferent to the plight of uh, European Jewry was uh, something that originally was reported about in a British publication. Right. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not talking specifically about that, but it was the, it was the, it was the Scott Feinberg flap that I'm talking about. How that, that came out. Uh-huh. It seemed to be to me generated by, by the Weinsteins. And that's just a, a theory. It has no basis. In fact, I'm only putting it out there as this time of year, there's a week before voting. Something always happens. Okay. So, it worked for the Hurt Locker. I'm not saying the Hurt Locker people did it. That was totally accidental. But but that's the way a contra and it worked for Melissa Leo. Um, you know, it and obviously she didn't do that intentionally either, but it, it, it definitely makes it easier for people to pick a side when there's like a little mini controversy. So when I saw I was waiting for one and I was like, hmm, what's what's gonna happen with the Weinsteins and the artist? What controversy are they gonna be able to pull out of this? There isn't one. And then up pops the Kim Nome. <laughs> uh-huh. So maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm paranoid. Who knows? I don't know. But I think it's pretty funny 
And I think it's a non-story, of course, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, only in as much as whatever she thinks, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the artist is a movie about movies, and it's it's totally natural that it would um, that it would sample or reference a film like Vertigo, especially when Vertigo is about a guy who's supposedly saving a woman from killing herself, and then the artist is about a woman who then, in the end, tries to save a man from killing himself. So it's a it's kind of a wonderful play on on that. Yeah, and it, it's it's how the artist is all the way through. It pays homage to you know films to yeah. famous tropes. Right. That's why I didn't think it was such a bad thing. I thought it was a little uh, underwhelming to hear the Bernard Herrmann music go on for as long as it did. I mean, it, they used a, a very long passage right. Uh, right. during his uh, despairing moments when he was uh, burning his his, his uh, silver nitrate films and everything. That went on for a long time, and as I think Tom McCarthy said, you know. After a while, you just think, Jesus, I don't know if this is as effective as uh, as a vicious thought it would be because they just, it's overused. I mean, they really used a lot of it. Right. Well, I don't know. You want to ask if Todd McCarthy is right or you want to look at a movie that is, you know, most people think is about to win Best Picture and has amazing buzz that everybody loved. I mean, obviously it works. Obviously people are responding to the film, you know. Maybe film critics I don't think it has universally amazing buzz. I think that uh, there's... um, for instance, that guy that you're such a fan of, the Rotten Tomatoes guy, he thinks it's uh, it's uh, the peak is over and it's uh, it's starting to to uh, dwindle a little bit. Um, in the awards race, it's it's it has some major major competition now with Hugo and Descendants. Those two movies are on the rise in a big way, especially the Descendants, mm-hmm. um, because it has a SAG and it has the actors behind it. And yeah. that's Clooney. Um, I think the real... You, know, you sound like a person who really knows what they're talking about sitting on MSNBC. I wish I was... Watching- <laughs> <laughs> no. And I totally don't, of course. <laughs> I know nothing. I was happy to have just stepped away today. Like, the DGA nominations came out. I was happy as I could ever have been during the, the Oscar race. And I left. And I just took a step away from the whole thing. And, um, right. you know, I did did somebody's website. And it was like... It was so great to just walk away like that and then to come back into it. Okay, take a deep breath. And now where are we? Well, what time did you begin doing this uh, freelance job at like nine or 10 this morning? And then you uh, No, it was around around one, actually. Uh Yeah. How much of it you I mean, you know, there's so much uh, code and and uh, things you have to attend to. Uh, I, I know it took me many, many weeks to get mine to the point that I was even starting to be happy. Well, with it's just a, it's a work in progress. This is just the first start of it. So, but it was nice to just unplug from the Oscar race for the moment and just enjoy what happened today, just for me personally, you know, because I, I've been fighting and ridiculed by so many people on Twitter for dragon tattoos. Like, I couldn't take it anymore, and I, I was so shocked. To see David Fincher. Was the quit uh, that, that unfollowed you? Was that over this? Uh, you beat Yeah, Abby she's up? like, this is the time I have to start unfollowing Awards Daily because of her Fincher love or something like that. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, is why I like David Fincher, and I've said it, we, you and I talked about it almost for a whole year, is that dude brings his A game. You know, he makes movies that I like to see because he gives everything to them. And... So many directors now, it just seems like they phone, either they phone it in or they don't have the, uh, the intelligence or the life experience to tell a really good story. And mm-hmm. Fincher, man, he could have ended Dragon Tattoo right after that first fight. 
but he keeps it going. He gives you so much. He gives you a whole character story. He gives you two great set piece action scenes. He gets a great, that um, Enya torture scene is like one of the best scenes of the year. The rape revenge with <laughs> Elizabeth and the sex scenes uh, uh, between the two of them are just some of the best cinema I saw all year. And, you know, there aren't many movies I saw that I could just get right back in line and watch again. And Fincher is like one of the few people who can do that. Even shitty Fincher, like Alien 3, is better than most movies. I mean, he's just a talented dude, you know? Yep. So I can't, I can't, um, I can't apologize really for, for loving him. I can't apologize for um, talking about him so much. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's a Now, every time I talk about the films that really did, are at the very top of the, the year, I, I always mention The Separation. We've done, I've done this. Oh, many. I finally saw that, by the way. Oh, oh my goodness. You finally saw it. So what do you think? God, is it good. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. know what that movie is, is a total, is, is, I don't know if people have been written, writing about this because I haven't read anything, but it's a metaphor for Iran, right? It's, um, it's absolutely oh, the, a metaphor. The, the board, the, the, you're saying that the, the gulf between the, the lower class, very religious primitives are the, uh, uh, the, are the metaphor for the, uh, for the mullahs and the, and the radical Islamics. And then there's the upper middle class people that represented by uh, the main characters who we identify more with. Uh, and uh, they and yeah. they are the uh, somewhat they're the intelligentsia, the greens, right? Is that it? I don't know. I, I didn't really get into the class thing so much, probably because I just didn't pick up on it. But but this notion of of old Iran, which which was was embodied by the father and the husband, oh. and new Iran embodied by the wife and the daughter, especially the future. And so by the end, you don't know what the future is going to be. Is it going to be separ- a separation from this? <laughs> lifestyle this life I, I so love that young that daughter her for acting oh, uh, she was so great she she didn't seem to really be acting uh the way uh, we might uh, call acting acting but it was so uh, I, th- I could read her so fully everything she was god and the one who played the the weird wife the other wife was so good too the yeah the uh, the the devout uh, islamic oh, uh, wife who was wanted permission from her uh, religious uh, or spiritual guidance before she uh, change the old man who's uh, going in his pants. Oh my God, that was inc- her character was so incredible. And then when when it, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the movie's about the guy. The husband tells you know accuses her of stealing, and then he's embarrassed because he's wrong. And then everything falls from there. Like he starts telling lies, and um, the daughter oh, it was lie about not having heard about her pregnancy. Yeah, and the daughter asking him and confronting him, and him you know. Um, kind of being so prideful and not wanting to reveal, you know, to her who he really was. And I just, oh my God, who do you think she, she ends up with in the end? Uh, I love that they don't tell you. And I love that they just hold on the shot of the two of them being separated by these two panels. That was great. That was a really great ending. I mean, uh, very brave to do that. I mean, God, because uh, I know that a lot of people, they want things tied up. And I love that he ended it the way he does. So that, I that did, was... too. I was riveted the whole way through. I mean, riveted by every little tiny plot point. Um, you know, the daughter was so good. The the wife was great. You know, mm. you, you didn't know what was going to happen. Talk about a movie made for, like, thinking people. Yeah, yeah. You just don't see that anymore. It's like, oh, wow, you want me to actually think about this? 
<laughs> because, you know, you're seeing this year, like, movies that fall into two categories. One is, like, you know, very sentimental, easy to understand, kind of made palatable for families. And then the other kind is, like, the completely obtuse, you know, absolutely um, existential, meaningless film like Melancholia and Tree of Life. And, you know, there's so many of these movies where they mean nothing. But right. to, to a lot of people, they mean a lot. You know, they, they find meaning in them, deeper meaning. But for me, you know, for the good old-fashioned storytelling, God, you really had to go to Iran to find them. Oh. I'm sorry, that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. So, did you, uh, what, did the, what did your boyfriend think? Of a separation? Yeah. Did well, I have to say... Officially, he's not my boyfriend, technically. Well, you know, the guy you, you, you see a lot of films with. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, what did he think? He, um, you know what? It's not really his kind of movie. But okay. I think he could appreciate it. He, mm-hmm. he was sort of, you know, is this too depressing? And Depressing? It's not depressing. It's a How's little depressing? depressing. It's a little hardcore. I mean, it's intense emotionally. You know, yeah. you're, you're sitting there watching it and you're just like, wow. Well, you're wondering, is the truth going to come out? Are we going to, uh, gonna, you know, the man's accused of under, I, I love the being able to see uh, Islamic law being work. Uh, one, one guy listening and, and, and if he doesn't like your story, you're in trouble. Oh you know? my God. I know. I loved the scene where he, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but the scene where he tells his daughter why he lied. And then <laughs> he tells the guy a lie. And then he yeah. ha- sends her in without telling her. Right. And she has to, like, decide whether or not she's going to tell. The- I mean, it's just, and she's so good, that girl. Mm-hmm. She's so She sticks by him all the way through. Right. But truth yeah. comes out, you know, truth comes out. And eventually she, um, I mm-hmm. think she forsakes her father. That's my call. I think she goes with the, her mom. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. They seem to have a much closer bond. I didn't think that she was that close to her mom. And uh, I, I think that he's probably making a mistake for her sake by wanting to stay in Iran because it's not the, the best yeah. place for a young person who wants to, uh, you know, who wants to have more options and then perhaps not live in as closely corseted uh, a way as, as Islamic women. It's a paternalistic society. Oh, that's, absolutely. You know, but I also liked how the dad was so caring with her, you know, and such a good dad, you know, there to pick her up. And I mean, in a lot of ways, of course, he was he was a bad example in some ways. But I just, you know, I love that sort of old fashioned good man. You know, I love the one he, he told her to go back to the gas station guy and get the change and yeah. don't get away with that. And I love that little smile on his face when she got the money. <laughs> I know. I love that, too. And I loved her. I, I just loved her character because she was so, like, non-eroticized. She was so much like a real person, you know, with her glasses. And she just was like a, a studious, hardworking, responsible girl, you know. What a great character. And I really loved the, the little tiny daughter of the... Oh, God. Beautiful, that, that those eyes and that, you know. She, she got everything that was going on also. She could pick up on the vibes and everything. It was really quite... Incredible. And he would just do these things where he'd drop one sentence... And it switches the whole story around, mm-hmm. you know, like I saw her go to the doctor or, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't really know what happens. I mean, until it all plays out in the end, but God, I mean, incredible when he tells her she has to, um, 
swear on the Quran. <laughs> Such a great scene. Yeah, I want you just to swear on the Quran that what you're saying uh, about about the situation actually did happen, and she yeah. freaks out. That's that's that's. Oh my God! She goes in the kitchen, and the kitchen is so like, you know, I, I'm sure they filmed it in somebody's ha- you know, in somebody's apartment. Like it doesn't look like a set at all. It looks like somebody's real kitchen. You know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dirty. I'm glad you manned up and saw it. Good for you. Yeah, I did. I went down to the Royal to see it, actually. I paid money to see it. And it was packed, you know. Uh, it was long, and some of the people were complaining about how long it was when they walked out, you know, of the movie. But it might be long, but it is never boring. No, it's never boring. I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not aware of it being more than two. It's about two, right? Or is it 115 sure. or something? But, but it was kind of the senior citizens crowd, so I think they were. Uh-huh. Yeah complaining but um yeah, yeah. but but yeah it's um it's a really really good movie yeah all right so uh we we this is quite a big day we're just going to recap uh that that fincher got a big bump and he's now uh the, the it sort of clarified for a lot of people that girl girl the dragon tattoo is not some uh marginal didn't quite work uh better luck next time but something that has really no. worked in, in ways that people didn't anticipate and they're gonna have to come around at least acknowledge it and it might be, keep going and Spielberg is out. I mean, in, in one day, he's out. I think uh, that, that was a big, uh, big moment. Uh, for it's him. a huge moment. I mean, he might still, but, 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 the, but the kind of triple whammy of no art director, no writer's guild, and no director's guild specifically, you know, he needed at least one, a writer's guild or a director's guild, something, you know. Right. But War Horse is definitely falling fast. Mm-hmm. It, it probably never, it probably was just sort of a blogger notion that it was going to do anything at all i mean i think once people <laughs> but what's wrong with us sasha you and i were talking very early in the game when we first saw it and my feeling and you agreed with me was that i don't even know if this is good enough to be a best picture nominee and that's what we felt but then we started to think well gee all this all these other people are talking about crying and i know i know this person who cried and it's like seems to move a lot of people right. before you know it you know you feel the ground moving under your feet your your knees are buckling you wonder is there something wrong with me? Exactly. You start to second guess yourself because especially after a year like last year, you know, and, and even still, even without last year, I don't still don't think I could have seen David Fincher coming today. Mm-hmm. I think that we usually take our cues from the critics and the critics did not treat Dragon Tattoo very kindly, but they were a lot nicer to Warhorse, except for women. And I think that um, I, I will say your your early report was vindicated. Remember when you reported that that person who gave an early review of Warhorse, and then everybody said she was wrong. He, it, whatever. Not saying it's a shape, <laughs> was wrong. You know. Oh, we're talking about a, a person of uh, who's a um, a credible critic, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Okay. And then and then the the word on the street was, oh no, that early word was wrong. It's actually a really good movie. And, um, but the thing is, is I just think that people expect more from Spielberg and even if it hadn't been Spielberg, there wouldn't be any best picture talk at all for it, you know, Mm -hmm. but as it being Spielberg, I think that, um, I think people like Dragon Tattoo better. Honestly, I just think they like the movie pure and simple. And I think the bloggers have it wrong. The fanboys have it wrong. They're trying to find a social network but they're not looking at the fact that Dragon Tattoo is really entertaining on its own, you know. Um, but I do also agree with you. I haven't read your piece yet because I, I haven't checked online. But 
I definitely agree with you that, that there's some residual good, goodwill left over from last year and, um, uh, you know, some atoning to, to, to do for, for, for how last year played out, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you're right that the DGA is on his side and want, want to make amends in a way. You know. Is there anything significant left between now and the Golden Globes? I'm just trying to think. Is it is uh, has BAFTA given its awards out? Yes, BAFTA. No, BAFTA released the long list. They haven't put out their nominations yet. But That's this right. is a funny thing you, now that you mention it because when BAFTA puts out their long list, they put an asterisk next to the most popular vote getters. Mm-hmm. But sometimes between that time and their final voting, something can shift. And what I think will happen is Dragon Tattoo will shift because now they see Fincher had a nomination. So I think it'll get better play at the BAFTAs now because of that. Okay. I mean, a DGA nomination is huge. Of course, we should note that Bill Condon had one for Dreamgirls and that movie never got a nomination. So it does happen sometimes that, that a DGA nom doesn't equal any Best Picture play at all. So, so what I'm trying to do, and this is just a mundane thing, but I am trying to get into uh, a viewing party. I've been told by Universal I can't come to their viewing party, but I can come to their reception. Uh, you know, because as you know, the uh, Golden Globes are not uh, shown in real time on the West Coast. Uh, only the East Coast folks get to see it because it's more to their time frame. Right, we right. don't see it until later, until, I don't know, I don't know what time it starts. No, you're that. talking about the Critics' Choice. No, I'm talking about the Golden Globe. No, they play the Golden Globes live. Uh, are you certain of that? Because sure. I thought that they, they, they kind of wait for an hour or two. I don't think that, for the Globes, no. I think for the Critics' Choice they will, and for the SAG they – I'm not sure about the SAG, but Golden Globes is live for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go along with that because I don't remember that, but that's good to hear. Let, let me, to hear let me just double-check while I'm on the phone with you, but I'm pretty sure that they do it live. Okay. Um, Right, so, fine. but what's the viewing party? Well, it's just I, I thought that you know where you know they have like these two or three two or three things going on at the same um, that night, and it's just to kind of get you know you just uh, say hello to a bunch of people, but it's just a place to watch it with a, a universal viewing party for go- for Golden Globes. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, no, it says. 69th Annual Golden Globe Awards live in HD on NBC, Sunday, January 15th, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 8 Pacific. They show it live. They show it at 5 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. That's, yep. that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. The okay. Globes and the Oscars are live. Um, okay. Other ones aren't. Like BAFTAs, we won't see that. And uh, uh, SAG and maybe... So what do we look... So what is the next thing to look forward to? Uh, so... In terms of the future of these films, we still have our three locks, which is the, you know, the, the, the big guild getters, which is the artist and the descendants and Hugo are the three strongest contenders right now for best picture. Those are the, really the only three that can win. Um, it seems like it, things could change, but the way the, the voting happens, everything happens all at the same time. So there's not a lot of time to really rally and I think that um, those three movies have everything that they need. They have the SAG. They have the uh, – well, yeah, they have the SAG, not Hugo, but mm-hmm. – and they have the WGA, not the artist because it wasn't eligible, and now they have the DGA. And then you have – after that, um, you have two other slots, uh, which is – what am I thinking? 
Dragon Tattoo and Woody Allen, Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris is not going to win. Dragon Tattoo is probably not going to win. But um, what you're going to be looking for is is what the Sony camp is going to do with this Dragon Tattoo situation. That's what I'm going to be watching. I'm going to watch, see what Fincher does, what Sony does, uh, and what the box office does. If the box office keeps going up like it is now, uh-huh. Dragon Tattoo might end up clocking in as the highest money maker in the best picture race. Yeah. Which is good. funny. I mean, it's already passing descendants as we speak. Yeah. It's not going to catch the help, but the help really needed Tate Taylor in a nomination to win. It's very mm-hmm. impossible. You know, it's mostly unlikely and impossible that it can win now without that director's guild. Yeah. And, uh, but, it, but it's going to be nominated. So it's looking like, um, Descendants help Hugo, Moneyball, and uh, Midnight in Paris, and uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo for Best Picture, taking okay. Warhorse's spot. That's my guess. Okay. So, and we'll have to see what happens with Tree of Life. I'm not seeing any guild recognition at all for this movie, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with that. It's going to drop off, is what you think. I don't know. I mean, the big question now is the DGA, will it match the directors at the Oscars? Well, chances are it won't because it usually doesn't. It's usually four out of five of the DGA will go on to be nominated for the Oscar. But I think the surprise of the Dragon Tattoo being there and what happened to Fincher last year is going to create enough buzz that it's going to pull it through. Mm -hmm. But who knows, right? I can't say for sure. But um, it's an exciting day for me. I'm happy that, that a movie I really love, actually all the movies that are in the race right now, I love. So it's it's not a bad year for me. I'm sorry that there's not one that you love that's in there, well, except for Moneyball. Moneyball's still going. Yeah. And I'm happy with Descendants, and I would be delighted if that uh, prevailed. It probably won't, but it's nice to see the people are talking about it being, uh, you know. I just think uh, I, I was so, you got to listen to this to this guy. I, I really like him. I mean, you don't like him, but I like him. Uh, he's he's fun to listen to, uh, Matt. Oh. Listen to his uh, the the, the uh, video which uh, Tom posted, and it's out of focus. <laughs> oh no! What are you what are you saying? Tom posted a video with the guy from Rotten Tomatoes, and what are they talking about? They did a chat, and they talked about everything. It's really worth listening to. Oh, it's a it's a podcast or a... it's a video uh, clip of them talking. It's a seventeen minute video clip. And so what do they talk about? Can you just give me the short Everything. Version? The whole, everything we just talked about and then some. Everything. Do they agree with us, about. disagree? What is their thinking on this? Well, his main thing is uh, that, that got my spirits going was that he thinks that artists uh, doesn't, uh, is, has seen the best of it. And it's all downhill from here. But that's. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the problem with the artists, the biggest problem, the elephant in the room, is that I think, from my perspective, they're not going to want to give the Oscar again to another international production company. They're going to want to, an international director, they're going to want to honor a homegrown. And when you have Martin Scorsese in the race, that's, and Alexander Payne, these like incredible American directors, it becomes harder to yeah. say, oh, we're just going to give it to some you right. know, newbie French guy. Because mm-hmm. we like that movie, I don't think that's going to happen. So they have a they have a fight on their hands, but they're certainly up to it. The mm-hmm. Weinstein's, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with. So, yeah, I wouldn't underestimate them. I think the artist suffers from hype, and I think people are like, once they finally see it, they're like, oh, really? You know? That's all. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I think they're expecting more. But whereas people who kind of just stumble in and discover it are like, wow, that's a great movie. When I showed it to my mom, you know, she was like, and Emma both, 
Yeah. At the end, they were kind of surprised that they liked it as much as they did. My mom was like, that's a cute movie. And Emily yeah, was like, cute. I really like that movie, you know. Mm-hmm. But the reaction they saw when they saw Hugo, it was more like, wow. You know, because Hugo, maybe it's slow in the beginning. But once you kick in with, um, what's his name? With Ben Kingsley. And you start seeing that stuff in the glass house and the mermaids and all that. George Melings. Yeah, that's that's the last uh, third, though, really. Yeah, when you get to that point, you're just like, but that's what you want with a movie. You want the last third to be the best part. You don't want the beginning to be the best part, because then it dwindles out. But when you have a movie that just gets better as it goes along, everybody in the room was just, like, swooning over this. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. I mean, the, the, the Scorsese finally put to film his love for film. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is something that Oscar voters are going to respond to. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Yep. Yep. That's the part that I like. Yeah. All right. um, We'll do a a Let's Be More Timely this coming weekend. Okay. Uh, Thank you for being understanding. And my apologies we didn't have Phil on. But I really wanted to hear what he had to say about um, Dragon Tattoo Box Office. Because it's really surprising, actually, how well it's doing. Let's uh, get get into it on, uh, on Sunday. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Have a good day. All right, darling. You too. Bye. You've been listening to episode 63 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast. And the bumper music was Femme Fatale, cover by Girl in a Coma, and Feeling Good by My Brightest Diamond. Thanks for listening. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. In the sea, you know what I mean. River running free, you know what I mean. Blossom on the tree, you know what I mean. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm feeling good. Dragon fly out in the sun, you know what I mean. Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world, an old world, and I'm feeling
to the dawn. 